The United We Stand podcast is brought to you in association with Red Army Bet. We all follow United. Red Army Bet, the only bookmaker committed to sharing 50% of net profits with United fans. Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. I've just started recording it and it's come up as 231E Sellhurst Road. So that will give you some indication that we're on the way to Sellhurst Park, just left Norwood Junction. United were drinking near London Bridge and I suggested to some friends that we get on the 621 train and they're like, why are you going that early? Implying that I was weird for wanting to get to a football game before the game kicks off. Uh, it's an 11 minute train ride from London Bridge straight through towards um, Palace's ground and for the third time in three years this is a midweek match hopefully for the third time in three years Manchester United will win with a dramatic late winner having come from behind the game two years ago was brilliant Ibrahimovic got late winner last year United were terrible terrible in the first half much much better in the second half those days under Mourinho are now long gone. I'm walking up to Sellers now with James Gocroft, who you'll be familiar with. Uh, James used to play for Palace, and I'll speak to him later on. And I also remember speaking to James after the United Palace game in November, which was nearly as bad as the last game here. That was a nil-nil draw, one of the low points of the Mourinho reign. And I'm also with Matt Ford. Matt's a regular writer for United We Stand. He's a Manchester lad who's based in Bonn, Germany, does lots of writing, very interesting writing about German football. He's got a really nice piece in the new mag on PSG's Ultras. And Matt, I wanted to ask you about this idea of friendship clubs because I wrote a piece about it yesterday. The idea that, and I know it's strong in Germany, so you can tell us more. When I spoke to one of the AC Milan Ultras who said they've got links with like six or seven clubs although they're not as strong as they used to be. And in certain countries, it seems that these friendship clubs' idea, I mean, even a word for it in Italian, is pretty strong. Not really the same in the UK, although if you ask me, I'd say I'm a Manchester United fan, and I also like Trafford FC. They're from where I'm from in Manchester. They're a good community club. They get crowds of 300. I want to seem to do well, and I'll support them, and I like the fact that it's not Premier League football. And I suppose I would keep an eye out for the results of loads of different teams for various different reasons. Maybe my brother played there or my uncle's like at Altrincham. Maybe for some reason I've got a soft spot uh, for, for a team. But there's nothing organised like there is in the continent. And I know each country's different. So in Spain, everyone would know whether they're Barcelona or Madrid. Even if you're a Valencia fan and Valencia are your team, your club, you might follow them home, you might even go away you would still have a preference over Barca and Madrid because they're, they're so big. What's, what's it like in Germany? Um, I don't think it's purely uh, something you can talk about countries with. Um, I think it's more of a culture thing. It belongs to the, the idea of fan friendships uh, belongs to the ultra culture. It doesn't belong to certain countries. It belongs to that culture, um, which, of course, spreads across all Europe. And, yeah, you're right to say it's massive in Italy, which is obviously the birthplace of uh, the ultra style of, of football support. And um, in Germany, yeah, ever since the start of the ultra movement there in the early 2000s, it's uh, also been quite an, yeah, an integral part. You mentioned some piece in your, uh, or some examples in your piece, um, Bayern Munich and Bochum, Bayern Munich and, 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 and Karl Zeiss Jena, the most famous ones, Schalke and Jorvenberg. Um, they are generally ultra things, and sometimes they can be based on just common experiences, sometimes they can be based on um, random meetings between certain individuals. Um, 
belonging to respective groups, and, and that can then develop from there. Sometimes it can have a hooligan background, hooligan element to it. Sometimes it can be political. You can get certain fan scenes who are um, known to be more left-wing will be friends with each other. You get, that, you get that in Spain. Yeah, definitely. Same in Germany as well. You get fan scenes who are maybe seen as more right-wing will be mates of each other. And um, yeah, in, on, on rare occasions, it's actually carried over by the clubs themselves too. It goes like, further and beyond the actual fan scenes. It can uh, be carried out by the clubs too, and uh, you see that particularly with um, with Schalke and Jorgenberg. That that's at a club level; they'll they'll engage with each other. And in England, I mean, there's one on our doorstep. I know lads who follow FC United who would firmly call themselves Manchester United fans, and we all know the reasons and that that, that has come about. But when I wrote my piece, I had someone saying, "What about Manchester City and West Ham?" And then, <laughs> and you're laughing. Because you've probably seen the video which Bandit Nana, who does the United We Stand covers and writes for us, did. And I laughed, my, laughed out loudly when I saw it to the point that my daughters were saying, why are you laughing? And how could he explain it? It's because of a sexual act going on. John, you OK, mate? Here's Dirty Neck. John, Dirty Neck, how are you feeling about United tonight? Oh, I don't know. I don't know when they... Every time I get it, say something, it always goes the other way. <laughs> So I'm going to say we're going to lose. <laughs> and then hope that we're going to win. What time did you come down here today? Have you got down from Manchester? We drove, got here about three o'clock. Yeah? We park up Wembley and get tubing. Right. So, because it's a mayor on that road, isn't it? You happy with life under Solskjaer? I'm happier. But I don't, I'm not too sure. No? Jordy's out. Yeah? Yeah, You Jordy's think you should be the man or not made the decision yet? Second album syndrome, let's see that. See how he does towards the end of the yeah, season. Yeah, And yeah, I'm going to crack on, lad. Take Let care of yourself, John. See you in a bit, mate. See you later, mate. If he doesn't get the keep bumping into people here. So I will get speaking back to Matt again because it was quite interesting what he was talking about. But I saw that the monkey buses arrived early at Sellers Park, which will probably be front page news tomorrow because it normally trundles up at four minutes past kickoff. And with the Mullen Brothers, familiar voices on the podcast, how was your journey down from Manchester? Actually, more seamless than we thought. We, um, we had to go through Fulham for some reason, which is, um, we thought we'd end up a lot later than we've turned up. So, yeah, we're actually quite early. So, yeah, it's been a good journey, good journey down. Well, certainly for Croydon. Yeah, seamless, one. Yeah, apart from that on the M25, so we're coming a different way. But, yeah, good down here, down here early enough for, for yeah. a drink. Last time I spoke, she was after Arsenal away. The buzz has carried on, hasn't it? We've had some more big wins then, although a bit trickier at home. Yeah, I mean... Chelsea, Chelsea was a mental yeah. it? Again, the, the end at Chelsea and everything was just brilliant. And um, Liverpool the other day, I thought we did really well. I thought, you know, considering what was thrown at us was, was another... I, I think Ollie's virtually not put a foot wrong. Even PSG. I don't think he didn't pick a team that I wouldn't have picked. We just weren't. First half was great. Enough. Absolutely. Lost a couple of players. I said on the pod, I spoke to Matter after the game, and it wasn't for, for public knowledge, but he just said the first goal. And in fact, it was that acceleration of speed which led to the Mbappé goal. Absolutely, yeah. And the money they've spent, they're a, they're a state-run club, like like certain other clubs around the northwest area. And, you know, at the moment they're ahead of us, but Ali is, in every single game he's played, he's surpassed what anybody else, any other manager could have done. We started this podcast talking about sister clubs and the friendships between clubs. Uh, do, do you know of any that exist in this country? Well, I... <laughs> Why are you laughing at that? I enjoyed Bandit Nana's uh, tweet this morning. If anyone follows Bandit Nana um, about West Ham and City, and probably... That was brilliant. That oh, wasn't it? it? Just... 
the worst tie-up of all time. Trust, it's just got weird. so weird, that West Ham. Yeah. So, you see every article, the comments underneath, but that, yeah, I think the... The Bobby Moore magnet and the uh, Trevor Sinclair Fissy <laughs> fans are the ones that... It's amazing, that though, isn't it? Through. Like, City going about, oh, Cockney lovers all the time. There's only one club in Manchester have a proper affection for Cockneys, and that's City, you know, the pathetic club. How are you feeling tonight about the game? Well, with the injuries, I've got to be honest, not as confident as I would do. Rashford, I think he's our absolute leading light at the moment, and without him... I, I dread to think what might happen, but I, I'd still go. The way Ollie's got him leading, I wouldn't be surprised if we won two now. I think what we've seen, like you say, we, we, we had a chat after Arsenal and everyone was upbeat then. Since then, we've had a reaction. You're upbeat because you'd had about nine pints. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we had, since then, we had the... And, and obviously, it was disappointing getting beat to PSG, but we got beat to PSG and, and what impressed me so much with, with Ollie and the coaching team whatever was the reaction is we then went to Stamford Bridge everyone knows them and he had to change the way he played he didn't have the pace on the wing and he found a way of changing his team to play in a completely different way and control the game where we've had through all the managers including Fergie a horrible record and win it comfortably it's been awful there, isn't it? Yeah, 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 that's just it. And we've played, and then we played Liverpool on Sunday. And I was but, confident before the game. I was confident before the game. And then at half time, it looked bleak. And again, you know, he's had essentially four first time in, uh, first half injuries. And the reaction in the second half was just was just brilliant. And he's he's finding a way a way to win. He's changing the way he plays. He's not one dimensional or no plan B and it'll be tough tonight but I just think that the way he's setting teams up I'm confident he'll get a way of playing to win the game there's not a manager not... in the world that would have done better than he's done so far he's, he's so impressed me everyone goes on oh he's put an arm around the shoulder he's, he's got the club smiling again he's got Pogba tactically him and, and, and Mickey Phelan and, and McKenna and Carrick they really impressed me far more than I thought with tactically how they've managed games and because now everything's not just gone perfectly we've had plenty of injuries we've had to change the way we've played and barring one half against PSG he's got it right every time so it's hard not to be caught and it's just it's coming here it will be tough and we we may drop points but it's hard not to be confident and would it you were last on after Fulham another win a couple of weeks ago You said about a Chinese fire drill, which amused a lot of people listening. It's going to stick that forever. And, and sent a lot of people going to Google to see what it was. We had, pe- we had people from Pennsylvania saying, this is what a Chinese fire drill is. I knew someone had you explained got anything else for us? Not Any other things that we can learn about? Not yet, Which no, are not, not going to get not us not in so, trouble. Not tonight, <laughs> yeah. not, not. How's your journey down? Um, long. <laughs> uh, a bit of palace a... away, what were you expecting? Well, yeah, 40 well, minutes? Well, I wasn't expecting that, but plenty of time to have uh, a beer. And... Um, bit of a crap journey down in it Palace really especially when you have to go through London rather than round it do you think they're trying to get on side with the away fans here I'm just listening to the music that's been on they're not trying it's to get like on side of us has he fucking uh, Oasis this is Oasis that's the worst example I think I've yeah. given um, but before that there was like a run of charlatans and stone roses yeah. oh, oh I didn't notice that I think oh, they'll have waterfall playing next um, <laughs> I might as well admit to something here while you've mentioned the Oasis thing when United played in Barcelona in 2008 for the semi-final, the City Council um, came to me because they, they, they knew I might be in a position to know what United fans were thinking and suggested that I put a playlist and 
give them some information about Manchester United fans, where they should go. And I said, I said things like, have beer, make sure there's enough people serving it and make sure that it's cheap. Play music from the following bands. And one of them came back to me and said, Oasis. And yeah, yeah, they've got some good tunes. Fast forward like a week. I'm there on the ground in real life. And um, Wonderwall comes on. Fucking booze and fucking plastic pipe pots being thrown. Which knobheads put this on? <laughs> <laughs> and, and put it on, but I definitely... Your name's on the bottom of the playlist, and you're just whistling, looking I, at your shoes. I, I, you know, I was definitely partly guilty for that. But, and I do actually like some Oasis songs, but there we go, we'll save that for another <laughs> yeah. podcast because I'm getting yeah, daggers here off all of your fucking... They did rip off the whole Stone Roses act as well, though, didn't they? First two albums were good, that was it. Yeah, and the B-sides, some of them early B-sides were yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Just for a pair of bell ends, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you like Oasis? No, fucking hate Oasis. <laughs> and then you can ask them about Brendan Rodgers, been big Celtic fans as they are. So, um, <laughs> uh, think of that. I did find it um, accurate the other day when Noel Gallagher tweeted while City were playing. Mm. But if, if you're a if you're a fan of a team. You don't tweet in the middle of, yeah. a, of a cup final. Yeah. You just don't. You're just, yeah. you're just watching your team, aren't you? Yeah. Right, I've got to get in the ground. Predictions yeah. finally for tonight? Um, I reckon this could be possibly his biggest result, given the injury crisis. Score. Uh, good 2-1 United. Yeah, tight 2-1 win. 2-0 United. 2-0 Brilliant. United. I've got to get in, because I'm getting oh, daggers here. Right, All right. All right. Take care. Kenny, prediction for tonight, my friend? 2-0. Kenny, you were on the very first bus, weren't you, when we started in 1991? I can remember you, Kenny. Top red. How old are you now? 61. Top man, Kenny. Take care of yourself. See you later. See you, I'm going to get in. See you, Matt. See you later. Take care, Woody. Bye-bye. Right, we're going to walk down past you off a weight stand now. Uh, this is one thing I love about away games, the, the community, the regular faces, the floodlights of, of London away match it's wonderful isn't it especially when your team is playing well United fans are singing inside the ground now and I'm going to go inside the ground this is half a wake stance one of the biggest away ends fancy yourself as the next Ollie this weekend Red Army Bet are running a fantasy football game with a £5,000 prize pool your first entry is free visit redarmybet.com to enter half time at Sellers Park Crystal Palace Nil Manchester United won, so we're in a far better position than we have been on the two previous visits here. And considering that this United team is missing nine players, I would probably have settled for a draw before this game. It's not a classic game, it doesn't need to be. Palace are defence-minded, they're well-organised, although they allowed Romelu Lukaku a lot of space to finish beautifully. So United are leading 1-0. I'm with James Scowcroft. James, what have you made of United so far? And in particular, can I ask you about Fred? Because he's not a usual player who we see. And also about um, Diogo Dalot. And maybe we should talk about Sanchez as well, because he needs to shine. And it doesn't seem to be doing it for me so far. No, I think it's a fair assessment, Andy. I think Manchester United have done OK. They've, um, they've certainly come here and, and been positive. They've been bright. Um, I think Lindelof's been very good at the back. I think McTominay's done well in midfield. Um, Fred's been OK. He's, you know, he's had some nice touches, which he has. Has he really hurt the opposition? Not really. Um, you know, but he's been neat and tidy in possession. Um, it's 
be fair to Lukaku, I think Lukaku's done okay up front. He's been a threat, he's been a, uh, he's been a physical present, but he's been a goal threat. He's been by himself. He has been by himself, and he needs to, and, you know, we've got a good seat where we are. You know, Skolshar has, has been asking Sanchez to get closer to him at times, so he, he needs to get closer, because I think, like you say, Lukaku's a bit isolated. What's wrong with Sanchez? You've been a player... You have times when your confidence is lower than others. I've not heard any reports about him being unprofessional. If anything, I'm told that he, he tries too hard, but it's just not happening for him. No, and sometimes, you know, confidence confidence is a big thing, and it's a big thing with, with everybody, really. I think, you know, does he... Is he working hard? Yeah, I think he does. Could he work harder? I, I think he could as well. I just think, you know, sometimes when you're going through the run that he is, you've just got to simplify your game. Don't try and be, you know, anything you're not. Don't try and do the spectacular. Just keep the ball moving and just be patient, wait for your turn. And I think sometimes he just gets he gets his head down and just the, the turnover of possession from him is too high. McTominay had a very good game. Well, maybe, maybe a good game against Liverpool. He's not a player that really excites anyone, but... He's got a nice physique about him, hasn't he? He covers a lot of ground. He does, yeah. He's got a good profile. He's he's athletic. He's He can get into areas. When United have lost it a couple of times, he's done very well coming from a central area over to the wide to help Ashley Young, to to help Luke Shaw, and just stop that counter-attack that Palace have got in uh, a quite well-known for. And finally, just as the second half starts now, Wilf Sahar, I mean, he's the star of this team, isn't he? But could he be a star elsewhere at a bigger club? Because... Palace are very defensive-minded, aren't they? That's what Roy Hodgson does. He just wants to keep them in the Premier League. Yeah, and, and defensively, they're very good. So United scoring the first goal is big for them. Look, Wilfred Zaha has got excellent ability and, he, and he's a big, big player for, for Crystal Palace. He's probably the one player that you see, if, if Palace are going to get into this the second half, it will be via or through him. Thanks, James. Let's catch up again after the game. So it's Palace 1, Manchester United 3. James, describe the third goal. Well, Skoshar's done really well, Andy. He's technically changed the game for Man United. Palace have got back into the game. And all of a sudden, they're on the back foot United. But he made a good change, Skoshar. He put Eric Bailly on to counter uh, Palace's best player, Wilfried Zaha, and just move Ashley Young higher up the pitch. Rashford back on, on the left-hand side. And it's Ashley Young that gets a goal because he's high up the pitch. So put it to Skoshar. You can hear the song behind me. They've added those words to it. You scouse bastard. And there's 3,000 United fans singing it. It was a harder ticket again tonight. Rashford's just on the ball now. So exciting to watch Rashford. And he's he's missed when he doesn't play. But Lukaku's got his two goals. Done very well. Fred's on the ball now. Look, listen to this away end. Listen. So, barring a disaster now, that's going to be eight straight away wins. Which, I don't, I don't have the stats to hand, but it's broken one of the records of modern times under Ferguson. It's an incredible record. And it'll obviously be nine next week in Paris when United win 3-0. Listen to how loud this is. Fred must be buzzing, he's actually playing, hearing his song. Here's the version coming up now, listen, listen, listen. 
third consecutive win at Sellers Park. There's a lot of very deflated Crystal Palace fans. Palace won Manchester United free, eighth win on the trot away from home. Ashley Young got the final goal. The captain, that's a fantastic result. I would have taken a draw all day long tonight. James, what did you make of that? Well, Man United were very good, Andy. It took a little bit of time to get going in the first half, but the first goal was crucial here. I think if United would have gone behind to a very defensive Crystal Palace, they'd have found it hard with the team they had out tonight. But you know, if you if you go for it and you gamble and you push people on, you get the ball in the box and you get your centre forwards in a positive frame of mind. That's what happens. You score goals, and it's and it's Man United's attacking sort of prowess really, and the the the, the lethal part that they showed tonight to, to come here and score three goals away. You know, I'm pleased for Romelu Lukaku. I thought he had a very good game actually. He scored two, could have had three or four. What does he do well as a striker? Well, I think. Look, he can do everything, and we all we all know that. You know, he's obviously not as fit as what he can be, and you know he's in and out of the team. And I think when you're a big centre forward, if you're not 90% on it, 90% fit, you can you can look quite a way off it at times. And I see that with quite a few players. So you know, he's, he's battling that as well. But uh, you know, I think if you if you ask an opposition defender. Yeah, yeah, Rashford's a nightmare to play against. But if you're playing against Romelu Lukaku, he's not nice to play against as well. He's all arms, he's big, he's strong, he backs in, he's a handful, and he will put himself about. You watch a lot of French football. You go to France a lot. Can Manchester United come back against PSG next week? I can't see it, if I'm honest with you. And, you know, I'm giving an honest opinion. They've got to score the first goal. You know, it's difficult with, you know, I think Pogba's going to be uh, a big miss. Maybe if they can get Martial, maybe if Rashford's back, you know, they, they can give PSG a scare. But, you know, PSG are a top, top side. Sort of Old Trafford, they were just a better team. And sometimes you have to hold your hands up. And United need a Verratti, don't they? Hugely. They, they need somebody that... They need to be need to play out from the back. They've got Lindelof now. He's very, very comfortable at the back. But they need to be able to roll the ball into a midfield player who just does not give the ball away. And when you do that, all of a sudden, you just you can just build through midfield and, and have a little bit more possession than what they do at times. Finally, they're looking good for the top four finish. They need to finish in the top four. They do need to finish in the top four, yeah. They, they you know, it, it's huge. People mock it, but... You know, playing in the Champions League is, is a big thing, you know, that Man United have got to get in there. The club uh, is structured and with yeah. the whole wage bill and everything's incentivised towards it. Yeah, exactly. So, so they have to do that. So they've come a long way to, to challenge it. They've just got to keep going. You know, tonight's a big three points. Thanks for your time, James. Charlie. So we spoke a year ago and you're a Crystal Palace fan. How old are you now? Uh, 11, almost 12. How do you feel having seen your team lose against Manchester United because your dad was saying to me since you came up I think it was six years ago Manchester United are the only team who Palace have not beaten and I'm not I hate to mention it but there was also an FA Cup final as well go on mate the stage is yours have a go with me I'm not bothered um not really that bothered because you put out a strong team uh you played a lot better and outsmarted us Dad, I know you don't want to come on this podcast, but you've got no choice. It's been live recording now, and I know you're e eating a pie. I know Palace are your team. How do you feel about that tonight? Uh, blame the manager, wrong team selection. 
Uh, one nil we were in the game, should have brought uh, Kyoti on then, changed slot, um, got back into it. I think it was there for a draw, all the goals preventable. We'll go again Saturday. I saw your team play at Old Trafford in November and were unlucky not to win at Old Trafford. If you looked at the two teams on paper that day, Manchester United had a stronger team out tonight. The difference is the manager. How do you see that as a Palace fan? Uh, players, your players weren't playing for United at the time. They playing for Solskjaer. It was evident tonight. There's a there's a buzz around United. They're they're just all up for it now. If you can tell, I just think they kept the ball well. Tomine, big, strong. Pogba, big, strong. I just think you overran us. You keep the ball. You know, I just don't think we were really. As I say, we were in it early, but I think at, at the crucial times, United just had that extra bit. You know, the goal's preventable, but the strength again, Lukaku's strength for both his goals. Ask the young, clever, threw everyone in and just, you know, smashed it in. So, is your club I can't in, complain. Is your club in good, good shape? You're established in the Premier League, you're going to build a new main stand, you reached the FA Cup final, and I don't say that with a smirk two years ago. Um, yeah, we are in good shape, but I, I still believe with the money that's been spent, uh, the chairman's back the club, keeps doing it season after season. It's just something that stops us getting into that top ten where we should be. If you look at the players on the pitch, you know, thirty million pound players, you know, established players, Zaha, exciting player. Why are we still languishing around that sort of bottom six, bottom eight? We, we shouldn't be. So, whether it's you know Hodgson's negativity, you know, everybody lords in, but I just I just think he needs to let us go a, a bit. You know, play differently. You know, we've got strikers. Big strikers like Benteke, 30 million. Batshuayi has been 30 million. But we just can't score. However, that's the Benteke's way. Benteke's peripheral now, no? Um, we no. don't play to Benteke's strength. If you look at his first season, he scored 17 goals, 15 in the league. We got the ball in the box. He probably scored more than half those goals in his head. You watch us play now, everything's defeat. So we don't use Benteke to his strength. So, yes, there's a lot of criticism around Benteke. But I actually feel for the player when he comes on because... As I say, we don't play to his strengths. The ball's never in the air, or if it is, it's Townsend floating it in. You know, we're not whipping it in. You know, Zaha, as good as he is, and he plays on the wing, he's not a winger, he's not looking to feed the centre-forward. So I do feel for Benteke. That's why big reputation, but in fairness, what did he do tonight? I want to cheer you up a bit. How long have you supported Palace? What have been your greatest moments as a Palace fan? Um... Over 40 years, all my life. Um, You're from South London? Yeah. Born in Stockwell. Um, biggest moments, beating Liverpool in the semi-final. 1990. 1990s. I actually jumped Mickey around Mouse. and celebrated that. I'm sure you did. Outside Main Road. Um, it was just before we played our semi-final. Yeah, Oldham. Yeah. 3-3 three, three as well. Yeah, yeah. Great yeah. game. Two great games. Two great games. First, first live semi-finals. Mm. On the same day. I didn't know that. And our minibus broke down on the way home, so we missed the United game. Um, I've, I've said to Scully in the past, you know, biggest game other than the semi-final, probably beating Stockport in 2001 to stay in the second division. Um, Mr Friedman. It's, it's a rollercoaster with Palace. It, I know it was only your third team, but beating United in 2011 at Old Trafford, you know, so... We, we remember our big moments, you know. Yours are every year, aren't they? So I respect you for following your team. 
end of? Well, it's what we do. Yeah. What good football fans yeah, do. we do. And he's going to have to suffer now like me. <laughs> Thanks for your time. Morning after the match and I stayed down in Thornton Heath. I had a 40-minute walk after the game through the streets of deepest South London. There's a, another United fan in the hotel at breakfast. What's your name? Carl Bevan. And where are you from, Carl? Wrexham. How did your night go last night? Not very well. I um, got accused of ticket touting minutes before the game while I was with my disabled son, 20 years on his birthday. When telling the, the police this, they never believed me and arrested me anyway. In which I missed the game, um, but, but, but was allowed out by half past nine to collect my son. Nevertheless, they ruined a good day and a good night. So you got your two tickets for you and your son yeah. from Manchester United. Yes. You're a season ticket holder. Yes. You applied. You were yes. successful in the yeah. ballot. Yeah. You travelled down from Wrexham to South London. Up and days off work. I booked days off work. Um, drove down um, all the way down to Croydon. Had a lovely afternoon. Loved the evening. Going the game and then that happened. What happened exactly? Basically, just as we were going into the ground... Into the away section? Into the away yeah. section of the ground, um, half, a, half a stand. They, the first point of contact from the police was they've come to grab my son, at which I reacted and asked what, what they, what's going on. And then they said, we believe you've been tickets out to at which they we both been asked to come back by the wall, by the houses, and that's when it all kicked off. So they told your son or you that they believed you'd been ticket out? At first, they believed it was my son, ticket out. Right. right. Disabled, 20 yeah. year old with a learning difficulty. So that, that's, that says what it says. And had he been touting any tickets? No, no touting, nothing, nothing, nothing. So they pulled you to one side, and then what happened? Basically got very, very... Um, they weren't aggressive, they, to be fair, but they weren't for listening. Um, of this mistaken identity, they, once they'd made their mind up, I, 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 was, I was, wasn't getting from them. Which, at which point, that's when I did see my ass a little bit. Because I, I started to worry then that Tyler, my son, was going to get lost in all this melee because he obviously couldn't have come with me. Um, and it's, a, it's not a very um, safe place to be for a 20-year-old with a, with a learning difficulty on his own. So, they, he missed the game, he took you to the police station? Yes, they missed the game, took me to the police station. And your son? He went into the game. Yeah. Um, only because he did ask to go into the game. Yeah. But then it's dawned on me while in custody that he's got to get out of that game, get a mile and a half... It can be dangerous situations on his own and he isn't streetwise enough. So that's when the worry started. Well, I walked that mile and a half last night and there were some pretty hairy moments go, yeah. crossing over railway bridges, yeah. uh, little tracks, and I was just following a, a GPS and I spoke to a girl at, who lives locally at the stadium and I said, am I all right to walk there? She said, well, I wouldn't myself, but you should be all right. Yeah. So... I set off knowing that. So what charged you with? Charged me with basically ticket touting. 
whatever the new chairman they've, that is. They've got approved. So you've you've yes. not touted any ticket. Not you've not traded any nothing, ticket. Nothing. You did. You weren't even. No. No. Nothing. You were nothing. swapping. You weren't giving your no, mate. No. Nothing. Nothing. I was only here with my son. The only thing I can think of is my ticket was in my hand. Yeah. And they've seen that, you know. But it is obviously going to be. You're literally in the queue to go into a, into a ground. It's going to be in your hand. So you saw you, you saw red a little bit when this happened. And what did you do? You took a picture of the sending officer. To, when I've gone to take a picture of the officer who was not listening, because yeah. I told her three times, my son's got a disability. This isn't right. And in a modern era of, of supposedly being a little bit looking after the, the minority, yeah. she didn't want to know. Yeah. So I said, right, that's when I've got my camera out of my coat to take a photograph of the number and her speaking, because I was asking her at the same time, this is when another copper, another police officer, has come over the top and grabbed my phone off me. So they didn't like being filmed? No. You've not pleaded... No, nothing, nothing. I haven't been questioned. What do you think is going to happen? You're going to the police station I'm now? I'm going to the police station now, yeah. the next minute or two, and then I'll be out in an hour, hopefully. You know I'll accept mean? anything. If you need some help, well, I'm going to tell you anyway, because I think I'm going to put you in touch with the Football Supporters Federation. Yeah. Because there's a couple of very good people there, Amanda Jacks is one of them. Yeah. Who can, who can hopefully help you. Yeah. And then, and then after that, you got, you're going to have a day in London. We'll have a day in London then and uh, see the sights and then drive back late tonight. All right. Go to that I missed another good performance by all his army. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> on, on and off the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> and your season ticket holder in the Stratford End? In the Stratford End, yeah. And yeah. you finally, you, things are all right? You enjoying it under Oligoda? Yes, I am enjoying it under Oligoda. We've got the Man United way back. And uh, let's hope we can win more trophies. Brilliant. Thanks for your time and good luck today. Let me know how you go. Cheers, United we stand and Red Army bet. We all follow United. Visit redarmybet.com or download the app for all the latest United specials and enhanced odds. The only bookmaker committed to sharing 50% of net profits with United fans.